Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on June 12, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book, The Liar. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we have any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Before we have any further, is that what we're going with this time? Do I? Before we go I any mean, further, do we have any further? Oh, no. Hey, listen, if I ever did a perfect intro, I'd probably just like throw my hands up and be like, I'm done. I've done it. This is the future forerunner, <laughs> green-eyed music <laughs> oh! lover. How far are you on that? How far are you on that? Uh, about as far as anybody else can oh, okay. be at the moment, okay. because it's going <laughs> to be time-gated. <laughs> I've got, I think, five or six of the mods already done, and oh, I do have the Heroic man. Public event finished. But oh, the get, other ones... Did you get all know. three of them? No, no, no. So the... Heroic public event, I don't think is going to be available for all three bosses yet. I think it's going to be on a rotating list. Oh, yeah. Okay. A weekly type thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I got got the heroic the other day, but then I was like, I was running around because I know that the, oh, sorry, real quick. And last but definitely not least in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend, the Ice Warrior. Ice Warrior, how are you doing tonight? Or this morning? Oh, not doing too bad. What time is it where you are? It's currently ten past one in the afternoon. Okay, I'm just gonna just say, it's, how are you it's doing? Saturday for him. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's Saturday. Um, future's looking pretty good. Weather's not too bad. Nice. A bit cold, How's, but you know. is it is the uh, <laughs> is the stock market still doing its thing? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It has not gotten any better. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh man. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, they, they came out with that new title and I was like, I remember green, you messaged me and then someone else messaged me. They're like, so you gotta go for this. I'm like, go for what? Cause I don't normally pay attention to the, like the, just the generic titles. And I saw that and I was like, God bless it. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let's look into see what it's going to take, what it's going to take. By the time I got done researching this thing. I'm like, I'm getting it just just because of the six hours it took me to figure out what I need to do. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Bungie's not been very clear on a lot of those kind of things. You kind of have to figure it out as you go. I do this week, just to just to let everybody know a little insight on the behind the scenes. Blue messaged me about the (laughs) seasonal mods. 
Listen, for the triumph. There are like three different versions of seasonal mods. And for it someone who me... doesn't pay attention to what a mod oh does. My God. It took me an hour and a half to teach him where to go for it. Mm-hmm. Well, because oh. I was looking. Well, okay. And so the other problem is they aren't listed anywhere. Like there is no. nowhere that they are listed, which is really confusing. Until you unlock them. Mm-hmm. But they're not even but... in the collection. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you oh, just have to go back yeah. to Drifter Daily to pick up your new one. Yeah, speaking of which, I sh- need to actually jump in and go over there. But, oh, man. Um, so, I, I well, actually, Green, you know what? Since you are so good at leading people through things. You know, it is one through. of my favorite talents. It's walk through the no. introduction uh, for Ice Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I swear you kind of hinted at a little bit for those of those people who are paying attention to the math on the time zones that you are at one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, which means that you are most likely on the other side of the world. So whereabouts are you from, good sir? I am from the uh, great, huge, massive island called Australia. Um, it is currently very cold over here. I'm actually, I actually live, um, I live right at the bottom of Australia. The, um, island state of tasmania an even smaller island in the middle of bloody nowhere oh my goodness it is constantly it is constantly cold down here even during summer so that's lovely and um, it's the winter season down there now isn't it yeah we're, we're so far south that the people from all over the world come to exactly where i am in tasmania to ship off to the um, antarctic because oh it's goodness. so close that is get- both cool and terrifying it, it is quite literally very cool. Yes, you are very correct with that. <laughs> so where can we find you on the internet or where can our listeners find you if they don't have you already on all the social medias and everything? Oh, um, they'll be able to find me at the Ice Warrior 1 on Twitter, uh, the Ice Warrior 209 on Twitch, on Facebook and on YouTube. So 209 on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube, but Ice Warrior 1, by the way, there's an Ice Warrior 13 as well. Please do not go into his, although he may be a cool guy. You never know. Ice Warrior 1 is where you want to find. So, and speaking of Australia, we just had a raid show up. Destiny Down Under raided us. Is it a good day raid? Oh! It is a good day raid. Welcome, raiders. Good day. And not... For those who are so, listening to the podcast, this is the benefit of being in the live stream. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Come join us on Friday nights. So, all the good days oh, going on. Saturday afternoons for me. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, we figured out where you're from. We know where to find you on the interwebs. Now it's time to get into some of the just standard introduction questions. What is your favorite lore and destiny? Ooh. That is a very hard question. <laughs> I know. It's one uh, of my favorites. I'm honestly as much as I love as much as I you know, being a hunter man, I'm I'm all about um I'm all about Last Word and Thorn and just that initial story and then how that's evolved over the years. I've gotta say, my favorite lore piece is mm-hmm. Mara making the wish to have Shax come over and read her the Tempest. Oh uh-huh. Well he doesn't need to read it, he just tosses the book off to the side, he has it memorized. No, he blows the book up, actually. Yeah, he he mean, just summons up lightning in the Oh, gotta love Shax. Yeah. Yeah, All right, so if awesome. Mara and the... You said the 
did you say last word or the your story specifically or yeah so the the whole story surrounding you know okay. the rise of razor at the fall and then all the way through up until we end up crafting lumina it's just this massively long epic story and it's brilliant yeah there's some good stuff especially the d2 stuff a lot of the clarity that came forth with it so mm. is that specifically the story that got you into lore exploration or were you a lore explorer before destiny I think I think the last word story definitely sparked something for me, but um, I'd always I'd always kind of found um, playing through Destiny One that it just the story just captured me. Mm-hmm. The way they crafted it was just so enticing. I, I wanted to learn more about the world um, that it took place in, and then I just started delving into every story and um, grimoire card and everything I could find, and here we are. I bet you're pretty excited to see Exo Stranger come back after that whole Bungie stream <laughs> last week. I the the clip's still up on oh, well, it's not a clip but the whole um, stream's still up on Twitch, but I may I may be um, squealing at the top of my lungs and flailing my arms around um, mm-hmm. like I'm absolutely insane. And to be honest, I kind of look a little bit insane while I do it. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit excited. I mean, lore people tend to be a little excitable. We've learned that over the <laughs> last few months with uh, Mr. Mylan Games and his uh, going live alerts on Twitter. <laughs> he, he, he has been just, he's an inspiration to all. He really is. He is. He's embraced it. You mean I his descent it. into madness? Am I well, twitching? Am I YouTubing? There. Like, am I Twittering? <laughs> Help! Wait, look, we're Australian. It's, it's, it's part of the DNA. There you go. All right. I'm kind of guessing that with the way that you said it earlier that you're a hunter main or what class do you primarily play? Hunter. I was hunter hunter D1 beta. I've been hunter ever since as, as much as I, I don't know. I like hunters. It's, it's always been the kind of thing where their abilities have always been fun. I like moving generally quite fast. Um, I'm not going to talk about the fact that the Hunters should be the fastest class in Destiny when using Arc Strider, and I'm not going to talk about the fact that Hunters yeah. get nerfed quite a lot. No, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to cry. It's not going to happen. It's okay. Yeah. We're all Hunters here. It's a support group for you. But Oh, yeah. God. Does it, it really feels like we need one. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. I just want Tethers to actually work again. But I digress. Someday, someday the glory will come back to the class and we will be able to wreck your faces. Um, But crazy question, kind of out of the blue question that's not included in the show notes for you at all to look through. What is your biggest theory that is coming up with the releases? What what sparked your biggest theory about what's going on with the Traveler or... Elsie or why Eris and Drifters out there? Do you have any like big theories right now? Because that's kind of like the big thing that a lot of the community mm. seem to be doing is just like what is going on. So everyone's theory crafting out the wazoo. Well, it's actually uh, as a bit as a bit of an aside. Um, my uh, daughter, um, who is uh, about to be born any minute, not any minute now, but at some point soon. My partner's almost thirty nine weeks along. Uh, her name is actually going to be Elsie, and I, Yay! in my infinite wisdom, didn't realize that, oh, yeah, Elsie Bray was a thing. So mm-hmm. I completely forgot about that, and I was like, oh, well, that's that's a Destiny tie-in. There you go. Um, biggest, uh, biggest theory? Mm-hmm. 
It's actually it's actually stated in some of the promo material that um, Aramis will be the Kel of Darkness. It, that she is going to take that role. She's going to be wielding um, the darkness, much in the same way that we're going to in the next expansion. With um, with that being a thing, I think we're going to see, and I really hope we do, we see Mithrax come to the fore to help us in some way against uh, against Eremus, because he already has before. They've set that precedent. But I'm mm-hmm. thinking we might even see the Traveller maybe intervene and give Mithrax some sort of ability maybe not exactly like um maybe not exactly like a um like a guardian but there might be something there and that would be the best time to bring it in because that whole three-way um battle between him aramis and varix oh god i hope they bring that to the fore but yeah i'm i'm really thinking that we're not gonna that's this is not gonna be the last we're gonna see of but as some someone like aramis getting paracausal powers we might see another cabal do it, or we might see um, we we might see another fallen do it. Who knows? But I'm I'm thinking we're going to see a little bit more of that in the future. That would certainly be interesting. I know that a lot of people have discussed the possibility of the other races being allies, besides Mithrax and the just the zero hour mission. But the idea of them getting powers as well is something that I haven't heard yet. So I'm intrigued to see if that becomes an actual aspect of it because we have seen the darkness give power quote unquote to the other races specifically the hive is the most Mm. notable one but it would be interesting to see if there is somebody or maybe even a vex like i know the vex aren't necessarily on our side or anything like that but you never know we did have that one harpy the captain harpy (laughs) that's that's very true but see that's see that's the thing is that that's with the that's what's making me think about that at the moment is it Aramis is called the Kel of Darkness and mm-hmm. Mithrax is meant to be the Kel of Light, mm-hmm. of, of the House of Light. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do anything with that. It would indeed. All right, Blue, where do we have any special announcements this week or are we good to head uh, into the actual book itself? No, I mean... Uh, other than just, I really appreciate the the feedback that we've gotten from the <clears throat> the weekly lore rev- uh, roundups that we've been doing. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're going we're going to keep doing that. We're doing a podcast and a YouTube kind of, I guess, series air quotes around that. Uh, the articles. Pod, the, yeah, the gathering. audio audio slash articles one we're going to do forming of the fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the video one will do every Friday. So just keep your eyes out on that. Um, that'll be published over on the lore But other than that, no, I don't, I don't think I have anything that I can think of off the top of my head. Cool. So time to dive into the book. You want to start at the beginning? (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. You even did the nerd laugh. That's so cute. Uh, we're going to begin. We're going to do The Liar. (laughs) And I get to start with the first card. So, guess guess what the first card's called? The Beginning, since Blue spoiled it. (gasps) It's exciting. Get it? Get it? We start at the (laughs) beginning. Oh my gosh, I'm going to slap you one of these days (laughs) through the computer. (laughs) We can spoiler the chat. (laughs) Spoiler. Uh, See? No spoilers. No spoilers. 
Amazingly, he stopped after just two. All right. Here we go. The beginning, part one. Arisen Exo stood dazed in the middle of what looked like a giant library. He'd never been here before, as far as he could remember. He'd never been anywhere before. He couldn't remember anything, and all he had to go on was the name given to him by a strange silver drone, a name he didn't even recognize. Fellwinter. All around him were giant gilded shelves, half of them broken, littered with tattered books and cracked cylindrical cases. He stepped on a book and broke its spine as he walked. The little drone followed him. I know you don't trust me, it said, but you have no choice. Who else have you got? I don't know, Fellwinter said. He thought for a second. I don't know anything. Exactly. So you should listen to me. The soaring height of the ceilings made the building feel like an open space. Remnants of an old fresco loomed over his head, cracked and faded. Maybe it was beautiful once. Fellwinter trudged through the empty fog of his memory, trying to understand how he got here. You're stubborn, obviously, but if we stay here long, you're going to die. Fellwinter tried to tune out the little drone's voice. He needed to think. He picked up his way he picked his way through the ocean of books, but stopped dead when an explosion rocked the building. He looked up. Dust fell from the faded ceiling in clouds. See? the drone said. This is what I mean. We have to go. A place like this isn't safe. Beside them, a computer terminal, one that looked broken beyond repair, flickered to life. The buildings shuddered again. A warbling female voice came on over a PA system, crackling and distant. Sight white lockdown initiated. Then a reassuring male voice, smooth, but made eerie by the warped quality of the recording. All library patrons, please report to the nearest emergency station. If you require assistance, an attendant can help you at the reception de- The recording cut off, and the building shook again. Metal shutters began to descend over the windows, groaning from age and disuse. Something big hit the building, and debris showered down over them. We should hide, the drone said, and Fellwinter had no choice but to agree. They fled the library. Outside, crouched in the rubble of another building, they watched together as the library was crushed under a torrent of what looked to Fellwinter like falling stars. See? The drone said, I like this book because it kind of gives you a little bit of flavor on Fellwinter's Ghost, Fellspring, which we don't have her name yet in the book, but she's a little snarky. And hey, guess what? She's not going to tell you jack diddly squat <laughs> like any other ghost. Oh, my goodness. Yep. But Fellwinter wakes up in a library and most likely on Earth because doesn't seem like he has intergalactic travel per se uh it depends on when you think that he yeah i mean yeah because i was gonna say it depends on when he gets obsidian wings um because Mm -hmm. but then i remember obsidian wings is after he he meets up with the iron lords um we're talking in chat we're talking in chat real quick about the there's a Mm -hmm. card from way back called ghost fragment the golden age two um mm. and it refers to anomaly 779 which is also known as the never be uh and it's and the reason why we're talking about it in chat is because it is specifically about a like mysterious hallucinogenic um fresco and so that's why like we were talking in chat because it's like you know he first said like one of the first things he sees is like this giant fresco and it's like just for me especially it just like immediately 
spark my memory. I don't know. I don't think it's the same one because all he says is a remnants of an old fresco cracked and faded. Maybe it was beautiful once. Whereas if you read Ghost Fragment Golden Age 2, it's like you get a lot of fun feelings by looking at it. I mean, isn't that most Renaissance and prior frescoes? Well, this one, yes, I would agree with that. But this one actually has, um, it has been moved, which is an interesting thing. But there is, it's, it calls out that there's evidence that the fresco ties into quantum computers set into a parallel dimension or on a distant world. So I don't think it's from the Renaissance. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, it not could be. Our, not, hu- not humanity's renaissance, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Vex renaissance. Ooh. Um, but yeah, like That's I just... I love terrifying thought. Oh, I, mm-hmm. oh so... Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Um, and also, like, the never be is a... Um, it's an actual, like, hallucinogenic thing. Like, I think it says something like 5 to 77 images are generated per participant. So it's like, it actually is like a... Uh, it's, it reminds me of the sensoriums that you saw in the Croc and Mare uh, mm-hmm. intro book. That's kind of, like, the way I kind of take it. Um, but yeah. Uh, I also mm-hmm. did want to call out this correlates with a entry that we got back in uh, Destiny 2 Vanilla called Winter's Guile. This is basically happening concurrently with that entry. That entry actually has a bit more of the conversation that is going on. Um, it is when Felwinter is specifically given his name by Felspring, and that's really all it is. Yeah, cool. All right, so Ice Warrior, do you want to take the second card, part two? I uh, certainly can. Absolutely. All right. The beginning, part two. Felwinter and the drone traveled for three days. They saw nothing and no one. On the third night, still walking, Felwinter looked up and saw meteors like streamers against the night sky. He was struck by the sight, and then by one meteor in particular, blazing, orange, getting bigger and bigger in the sky. Run, the drone said. The first meteor hit the ground behind them. Not a meteor at all, Felwinter realized when he looked back, but something metal, man-made. The second hit its target. He died. Six deaths later, crawling out from under metal wreckage, losing pieces of himself, clawing, running. They finally managed to find shelter in a cave. Mm, Felwinter said, as if he was swallowing all of his words and choking on them. I can't fix you, the drone said after scanning him. That last hit corrupted right protected processes in your cognition modules. The drones spun uneasily. You're an exo. Exos were made in the Golden Age, with proprietary tech. I can't hack into your head to fix the damage, but I can rebuild you as you were. If you shot yourself, I could work quicker. He did. When the drone resurrected him, Felwinter crumpled to his knees. He sat down and put his head in his hands. Why is this happening? He asked. He looked at the drone, trying to read its body language. Because of you? It's after you, isn't it? No, the drone said. I don't know why. Then it gentled its voice. The traveller told me to save you. That something was different about you. That ball in the sky you showed me? It talked to you? I can't explain it. Felwinter grunted and held his head again. His body ate with the memory of seven deaths, though he knew that was impossible. Can you explain anything? Not really. 
They sat in silence for a while. Eventually, the drone spoke up. We shouldn't stay in place, in one place for very long. I don't think it's safe. Felwynter to stared at the ground, then finally looked up at the drone. How will I sleep? You don't need to, but I want to. That's fine. I like how she still didn't answer his question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's just like, that's nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned with your petty <laughs> mortal concerns. You sleep if you want to, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I uh, like how the exo stuff is called out here a little bit about the repairs on Phil Winter. His recovery stat is terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But this actually, this actually um, ties into um, one of the um, ghost uh, stories from, uh, I think it was Forsaken, um, with the uh, with the, the guardian trapped on the Almighty, um, and the ghost is talking about theories about how they actually resurrect guardians, and it speaks of um, them possibly pulling out a template from an alternate dimension of the guardian or alternate timeline of the guardian that they, you know, they're, they're assigned to. And that I think kind of leads into it a little bit more because he says, I can't, you know, get into your head and fix the damage, but I can rebuild you as you were before the damage took place. So I think that is a nice kind of tie into this is actually, they have a, they have a template they work with. They go, okay, this is how they were. I can rebuild them to that point, but I can't fix the damage they currently have when it comes to exos at least, which is really interesting. Yeah. And I think the only thing, and we're talking about that in chat a little bit too. Um, the only thing that I, I challenge that with is that in the early grimoire cards, it's specifically called out that exos are self-aware war machines so advanced that nothing short of a ghost can understand their inner functions. Um, which means like, basically that the ghosts were the only things that could repair the exos so i i thought it was, i found it curious that you know in this situation he's like or she's like you know i can't i can't fix you you you're and i well, think the it she does call out that she can fix him just that she can't fix him quickly uh i didn't read it that i can way. make you as you were is i think the line i can make you as you were but it would be faster if you killed yourself I can't hack into your I head would. to fix the damage. Yeah, I but can't. I can rebuild you as you were. Uh-huh. Right. So, so like, I was reading that as she can't fix him, but she can recreate him. Yeah, and she and she does say if you shot yourself, I could work quicker, and that would be tying into the like you know his recovery stat is absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's that's how I'm reading that, and any anything regarding the exos in any grimoire card, um, I always kind of wonder of. How much do people in the public know about exos realistically? Mm. Um, but then also, is this Clover Spray saying this? Is this the Clover Spray Corporation actually saying, oh, all exos are amazing? Yeah, I don't know. I'm always a bit wary of that kind of thing. Well, and the other thing to take into account here also is not that in game or in the story that we realize it just yet, but Felwinter is in of himself uh, not a normal exo. And so. This is true. And so, like, there's, there's, like, there's, like, two or three things that kind of, like, make me not think that this is, like, I know everyone loves me when I say this, is not a retcon of the Grimoire card. Because, first off, Felwinter, we go to find out Felwinter is a special situation. But also, and this is what mm-hmm. I think Black Flag was mentioning it, 
uh, Fellwinter's injury is a neurological injury. It's not a uh, physical injury. Um, so when she says, uh, where is it? Uh, proprietary tech can't hack into the head. Um, when we get to the Siddhartha uh, Golem card, we also see that it's something similar with Rasputin. So there might be something going on with Fellwinter's internal circuitry that is actually prevented both to his benefit and here you see the the negative side effect of it so you know there's there's a couple different options there that make me not too like concerned but i did find it i did find it interesting that we get that little bit of detail from fellspring here absolutely any other concepts or questions for this card not um not really well actually no there is one thing um Mm -hmm. i think this is something that Felwinter does kind of show this, though, not as openly throughout the rest of his life. He's tired. He's Mm -hmm. very tired. And the moment that he wakes up, he's just, you get the sense that he kind of feels that. Um, And that is a sense that doesn't really go away. Um, And I think that that actually does come up in the um, Oxygen Wings, um, in in that lore bit where he does have that option to, you know, do what he's going to do. You kind of still get that sense of, He's just tired, and he just he just always has been. Um, and I think that's really interesting, especially when it comes to exos and having these human mannerisms and whatnot. You kind of feel like he has that a little bit more strongly, I guess, than most other exos, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be tired like Fellwinter than hungry like Drifter, though. Just saying. Oh. <laughs> Drifter and his never-ending need for food. Um, I was oh, going to yeah. say on the fatigue, it reminds me of the Ghost Fragment XO3. I don't think they're the same. I don't think Ghost Fragment XO3 is Fellwinter <clears throat> because it talks about fighting in a war and, and stuff like that. And Endlessly. I don't, I, yeah. And I, I think like, and it also taught like the XO that's speaking in Ghost Fragment uh, 3 is like, he's like beaten up like it. And I don't, I don't ever get that sense from Phil winter, but I do. And this is another thing that I will be bringing up when we get to the Siddhartha card, because I just, I actually just thought of it, but I think I might have an idea of, or I have a theory maybe of where the fatigue comes from, but it will be then not now. Cause I don't want to spoil it. Well then Righto. let's move on. So we can get closer to that card. We're going to start with the name. And I'm skipping over blue as far as reading it because I color coded wrong on the show notes, so I'm just gonna go with it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm good at this, guys. I've only been doing it for what four years now, three years now. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So temporal passage is not my strong suit. (laughs) Uh, The name. Six months of running taught Fellwinter two lessons about life. The first, the first lesson was this. Anything could happen at any time without explanation or reason. The second lesson was this. Didn't matter how unfair something seemed, recognition of injustice could not create a just world. There were other lessons, too, though those were more tactical. Never rest in the same place twice, and don't rest at all if you can help it. Never cross an open field if a less exposed route exists. Beware of meteor showers. Look out for organic enemies, but don't waste your time avoiding them. They aren't the real threat. That night, Fellwinter and the drone sheltered together in a loft of an old barn. A vicious rainstorm outside impaired visibility enough just to justify an overnight, 
But Fell Winter couldn't stop himself from thinking, from assessing. Flimsy building. Big empty field. Low attack readiness in this loft. Flimsy building. Big empty field. Low attack readiness. And still, no matter what the drone said, that he didn't need to sleep, he felt an inexplicable exhaustion. He couldn't locate it precisely. It permeated all of him. The drone noticed. It never said anything, but Fellwinter knew it noticed. He rested his head on his knees. Beside him, the drone hovered at his shoulder, drifting away occasionally to assist the weather through a glassless window. Eventually, Fellwinter raised his head. What's your name? He asked the drone quietly. What? Your name, he said. You gave me one. What's yours? I haven't thought about it. Silence fell between them again. They lived in silence, but in recent days the silence had changed. If before it was the silence of strangers, now it had become the silence of a team, where each member knew their job and what was at stake if they didn't perform. The lights of Fellwinter's eyes narrowed briefly into lines as he thought. Fell, he glanced at the drone. Spring. What? The drone said. Fellspring, Fellwinter said. That's your name. They stared at each other. Are you serious? The drone said. Fellspring? Fellwinter gazed past her. Silence again. Fine, said Fellspring. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, like, just like, she's like, I give you a blank book to name me, and this is the you come up with? <laughs> I mean, it's better than Ghost. <laughs> I don't know. Tyrus why, why is, Tyrus is pretty that? happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it when I hear that, I'm immediately thinking, you. No, you would absolutely be Fellspring in this instance. Like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Now, uh, the other thing I wanted to... seem like they'd be great friends. <laughs> yeah, they probably would be. They're both kind of sassy. It may be just my reading of it, too, though. No. I like making it a It's pretty that's, aligned. That's canon. Yeah, it's that's pretty canon. aligned with my reading of it. I definitely mm-hmm. got the sass. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Oh, can you imagine a ghost conference being you know, like Sundance, <laughs> Fellspring, Sagira, Pulled Pork? Pulled Pork would just be the clueless little brother just going, this is nice. Hey, guys, how are you? So, you know, and then everyone's just trying to be really serious about it. And they're just like, oh, God. It strangely looks like an AA meeting, but for ghosts. <laughs> oh, you know that happens. You uh-huh. know they're talking to each other and going, guess what my guardian did today? Again. Well... <laughs> For the fiftieth time, oh God! Why are you oh, doing please, that way? Please let this be a thing. I want, I want a law book of just AA meetings for ghosts. I want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> I mean, we have ghosts doing their uh, what was it? The Ghost Theater oh, no. presents. <laughs> no. But why yeah, is yeah, it yeah. so sexually charged? <laughs> ghosts have feelings too. Oh. Un- we noticed. Unrealized <laughs> repressed feelings for other ghosts? Guardians? Unsure. Ghosts apparently have a have a thing for guardians. Mm-hmm. Particularly shacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Marcus. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so blue. <laughs> I don't have anything about like, besides the, the only the only big thing. Yeah, the only big thing on that one is like it's uh, six months since the mm-hmm. the resurrection of him. So like we, it is kind of like there's some like really subtle call outs to the passage of time here. 
which I kind of like. Mm. We do have a couple that have no passage time, which I'm like, ugh. <laughs> it's like, maybe we could track how long. Nope. <laughs> We're never going to get that. What are you talking nope. about? Negative. Uh, so I think mine is the assailant. If I... mm-hmm. Perfect. After three weeks without any incidents, Fellwinter and Fellspring stopped avoiding main roads. They started passing by other traveling parties, even a small camp. They never engaged until an exo-risen asked to tag along with them on his way to a place called Red Valley. Neither Fellwinter nor Fellspring liked the idea, but they both reluctantly accepted it, with an unspoken agreement between them that it shouldn't last. Nice day, isn't it? said Griffin Eleven. He looked up at the blue sky and opened his arms. Good traveling weather. We're lucky. Fellwinter and Fellspring exchanged a look, then focused on the road ahead again. Griffin looked at Fellwinter, hoisted his pack up on his shoulder. Where are you headed, anyway? You never said. Fellwinter took a beat too long to say, not sure. This stumped Griffin. Inexplicably, Fellwinter thought, huh, he said. Just walking? You could come with us, said Griffin's ghost. She wore a green and yellow shell with flower-like petals. Nope, said Fellspring. Then, remembering the world of polite conversation, she added, we're going somewhere. We just don't know the name. Griffin and his ghosts absorbed that information, nodding. An adventure, Griffin said finally with a grin in his voice. Right? This whole world's an adventure, isn't it? And we get a thousand chances to live it. Fellwinter said nothing. He felt uneasy. He rarely spoke, but when he did, he never sounded like Griffin did. His voice never sounded like that. He never even had the impulse to talk that way. Why? They walked on, passing through a string of abandoned factories. There was evidence of the fallen everywhere, but it looked old. Ripped up banners, trampled in the mud. A walker stripped of most its parts. Griffin loosed his gun from its holster, casually, but didn't break his step. Gunfire stuttered out from an open doorway. A bullet clanged off Fellwinter's shoulder like a clapper off a bell. Arming his rifle, he returned fire in the direction the shots had come from. He should have known this was a bad spot. Low visibility, a lot of corners, squat buildings they couldn't see inside of, hundreds of rusty shipping containers to hide in. The doorway was a decoy. Ten, twenty, thirty armed in armored combat frames with glowing red eyes spilled out of warehouses to their left and right. Moving with discipline in an eerie synchrony, the frames began a pincher maneuver trying to pin them down. Griffin swore. We have to get to cover, Fellwinter said. Fighting back to back, rezzing each other when they died, Fellwinter and Griffin took down some fifteen frames with gunfire alone and a few more with grenades. Several got up got back up despite crippling damage, tottering forward on bent and broken legs, relentless, single-minded. They drew inexorably closer as the two Exos ran down their ammunition and energy. It was Griffin who saved them in the end, with three bolts of arc light that erupted out of his hands. As the frames closest to them disintegrated in a shower of blue light, Griffin whooped and said breathlessly, I've never done that before. Fellwinter went to examine one of the mostly intact frames. Griffin followed. Damn, he blurted. Do you know what these are? No, Fellwinter said. Not Exos. Fellspring zipped in between them. She scanned the frame, bathing it in blue light. She hesitated and then offered, Rasputin? I think so, Griffin's ghost agreed. See this logo? She indicated a symbol on the frame's chassis that looked a little like a military badge. Matches my database. Yeah, said Griffin. He looked at Fellwinter. What'd you do to get a war mind on your case? Fellwinter stared down at the frame. What's a war mind? Does anybody else get the feeling that Griffin is like Griff from <laughs> RVB? Red versus blue. 
you ever wonder why we're here? <laughs> Did you ever wonder about just life in general? Uh, mm-hmm. What's all that stuff about God? Do you want to talk? No. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. I get, I get that. I get this massive feeling like Griffin kind of has the same kind of personality as I imagine Lord Tamur does. So mm. it, I kind of like... I, I, probably isn't going to be the same guy but it really feels like it, especially the way that he kind of talks to Fellwinter later on is uh, okay it's interesting yeah i think griffin's like more a little bit more carefree than timmer i mean i definitely i see what you're saying though because like he's very um stream of conscious kind of yeah but like he's also <laughs> like super not jaded whereas timmer timmer was definitely He's well, a Cade <laughs> group. Like, he's like Cade. Yeah, yeah. Without the gallows humor. <laughs> Griffin is the Destiny version of Team Avatar. Encountering the oh, musical group. Secret <laughs> tunnel. <laughs> the secret tunnel! <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, oh, that's a funny aside. My that... partner had been seeing that for the last two years, right? <laughs> I hadn't, hadn't realized what it was from. She could not remember. Just Every so long, she's like, secret so if we sat down and rewatched avatar right i of course had forgotten about it myself um when it got up to that episode and then she's like oh my gosh i didn't hear the end of it for the next like two weeks all that she was saying oh my god oh my god i did i did want to call out i like the kind of call out here um, that ghosts have a basic database. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm like, wait, backup. That makes what? sense though, because I, I they mean, have to carry around their own information. They would have to like that would also explain why the ghost had no idea what the pyramid was when our ghost saw the pyramid for the first True. time. True, even though it wasn't I know. his first time seeing the pyramid. I, I know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Ghost is forgetful. <laughs> The fragmentation's <laughs> happening all the time. Just, just losing his don't, mind. That's why we don't download the world's grave ghost. It's too much information. Oh, uh, but no, like I, I think that that was an interesting thing tying back into a couple theories about where ghosts come from, at least. Because <laughs> like, oh, they have Rasputin in their database. That's interesting. Okay, cool. All right, carry on. I know that actually brings up a very interesting point. I mean, just over just over our our um, time frame from the moment where it was erected in D one, Ghost has downloaded a bunch of stuff. Like every mission, strike, raid, everything. He's downloaded a lot. Like how is how is he just not just exploding from that information by this point? That's just well, insane. I know, like with the it's world, why like... he can't open doors very quickly. Is <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> uh, he why we have to fight it. things? They need to do a system defrag, you know? Because uh-huh. I know from World's Grave that there is a call-out that um, he, like, he, he takes the World's Grave information and he, like, makes he makes a comment. He's like, oh, no, like, this is way too much. And um, there's, there's a call-out, I think, either in, like, the mission. I, I want to say it's in that mission, but he basically makes a comment about going back to the city to ba- to to get rid of it <laughs> he's like i need to upload this because i can't can't do it so i i know like there there is a 
and we know with like the ghost network with that you know like the unconnected ghost form for the intelligence stuff like there is a degree of like a a network that they can connect and share information on um which is also super interesting because you see a similar you see a similar network with the frames and the red jacks because um that's what (laughs) that's what um our site and uh dahlia keep like ha- like inadvertently hacking is they keep like overriding all the frames around them on that kind of wireless network which actually does kind of okay because because it was a destiny 2 um it was it was a destiny 2 bloody high video that bungie had organized um there was it was the um it was one done in Japan where it was that uh, live-action trailer for it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. dance-off. Basically off. confirms that ghosts are Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> they are. I really, absolutely really are. wish that was accurate in-game because I still love <laughs> wow. the... Um, the uh, the very... Like, one of the very first ones where they're on the moon. He's like, ghost, play something nice. And it's like the classic... I think it was like... it wasn't Was it Hell's Bells? It was like it was something ACDC, and it was oh, just the like old, the yeah, it's commercial. Like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh! I was like, yes, I want that. Imagine if we could sync up. We, <laughs> oh we have God. the ghost just flying by <laughs> us, just just pulsing with the music, and and we could just hook it up to like a Spotify playlist. Just, oh, I mean, Bungie to be fair, that is what they. That's what uh, Pradith <laughs> and Kabir Kabir and uh, Pahaning were doing in the. Um, great ahamkara hunt they were chasing the ahamkara while listening to pulsing golden age music i think is what they described it as dubstep they're total dubsteppers you know it light flashing (laughs) of course they are oh god now i'm just picturing them going through the vault and just be like (laughs) that's why they went to the vault it's got all the glow sticks oh no and you they know, just, and just you just know the best part there. is, the best part <laughs> is, is what's what's the effect of <laughs> radiolarium fluid? It's hallucinations. Oh, no. <laughs> it's liquid ecstasy. <laughs> They're gonna be listening to dubstep, tripping balls, trying to kill ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! It's the vex oh, radio. Oh wow! You can't see it, but I'm face palming. <laughs> Nothing, nothing but the, the, the highest quality oh. content here on the channel. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Discussing that... the real questions. Do guardians get high as <laughs> when going on a ride? You know, they probably do. You have some of them. <laughs> I have a theory about what happens, like the difference between the uh, Red War War Beast and the uh, Leviathan War Beast. That's maybe a show on spinfoil theory at some point. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I oh, think. We should go to the bunker before we get too much down this rabbit hole. So, if you could do us a favor on that one, Ice Warrior. I can get it open, Fellspring said, as Fellwinter pried open two rusted metal doors with his hands. You don't have to do that. The metal screamed as Fellwinter ripped the two two doors back. They were deep underground in a bunker Fellspring had struggled for six days to locate. Now that they'd found it, Felwinter realized he didn't know what they were looking for. I don't know very much about Rasputin, Felswing said, floating cautiously beside him. I thought he was deactivated or destroyed in the collapse. Felwinter walks forward. 
The room was like a time capsule, untouched, preserved, as if technicians might walk in at any time to work the control panels lining the walls. It reminded him of the library where he'd woken up, just in its complexity and maybe beauty. Was this beautiful? He wasn't sure. So why would a more mind be after us? Felwinter muttered. Rosspring hovered to examine a flat black surface on one of the control panels. I don't know. Felwinter came up beside her. He hesitated, and then reached to touch the shiny blank surface of the panel. It blinked to life under his hand. Bright code and controls glowing orange, rearranging themselves as he dragged his finger across them. How did you do that? Felspring whispered. Felwinter shook his hand. He touched another blank panel, and lights came on all over the bunker, waking it up. I don't know, he said. Mmm, really um, setting up the rest of the um, rest of the story for Felwinter here in this one, which I quite enjoy. Um, but it's 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 just interesting that Fel- Felwinter, you kind of get the feeling like he either just doesn't trust his ghost too much still at this point, or even he's like, oh, I just can't be bothered and just straight brute force approach rips the bloody doors open just to get in. I almost want to say it's the secondary one just because of the impatience factor. Because he's, I mean, they're working together and they understand things, and he just does not want to be out in the open in any way, shape, or form at this point. Mm. But Blue, did you have anything on the bunker? Uh, the only thing is, is this is the one, the last one that we have a definitive date, and I would say this is probably about seven months after his res date. Um, that was really the only big thing. <clears throat> to me that i mean there's a couple other big things that happen but they're they're obvious like mm-hmm. his, his activating things and stuff like that um again you know we'll we'll definitely start figuring out why that is um later in the i think that's going to be around uh the search or uh, the discovery the discovery is when we kind of get all that kind of confirmed yeah mm. as as on a side note for the bungus as well um, and I, I did tweet about this a couple of times. I really hope, I really hope that the cat in the bunkers is okay. That cat you see disappear behind the boxes. Yeah. I, it's just, it's amazingly little tiny piece of world building that is just beautiful and amazing. And I love it. And it's, it's just part of this whole evolving world thing. And, and it's great. I want, I want them to have saved the cat. I want the cat <laughs> to have, I want the cat to have a bed in Zavala's office or, or it has the bed in Zavala's office, and you just see it wander around occasionally with Zavala and Akora and everything, and Zavala just absolutely hates the thing. She's like, oh, God, get away. Oh. You just hear, you hear like voice lines from him going, there's cat hair all over my chair. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just weird stuff like that would just be just so good. Playing with the yarn ball. Oh, One yeah. of Zavala's yarn Stop. balls. <laughs> and, and, Stop and you can interact with him. And you can interact with him and just like give him a pat or something. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Bungie just needs to hire me at this point. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. All right, so we move on to the mountain, which is the card that I stole from Ice Warrior. Yes. The, yes. the mountain. War sats and combat frames found Felwinter and Felspring everywhere they went. They weighed the pros and cons and decided that a fortified home base was safer than picking a new ramshackle camp every time they wanted to rest. It was risky. But so was everything. So Felwinter climbed a mountain. At the top of it was a pre-Golden Age observatory they found in a map database in a serif bunker. It was the perfect place to hide, 
and had a 360-degree view of the surrounding area, existing structures that could be fortified, a mountain they could burrow into to hide themselves beneath thousands of tons of rock. He won't find you up here, Felspring said, or at the very least you'll see him coming. She sounded almost hopeful. Maybe we could finally stop running. Felwinter looked warily at the sky and said nothing. The only problem with the mountain was that it was occupied. A warlord named Castor had claimed it in the village at the mountain's base, but Felwinter knew that everyone had a price, and he called on Castor to negotiate. Warlords, he learned, were poor negotiators. They were almost they were almost never willing to give ground. In the end, Felwinter shot Castor's ghost and pushed him off the side of the mountain. A month later, during a routine patrol of the mountain's perimeter, Felwinter found a woman sitting on a rock ledge halfway down the mountain. Beside her, there was a wooden crate of sad-looking crops, and another heavy with ammunition. She stood up when he arrived. Felwinter exchanged a look with Felspring, then asked the woman, Who are you? My name's Arthi, she said. You killed Lord Castor, didn't you? Yes. So you're the lord of this mountain now? It's my mountain, Felwinter said, but I'm no warlord. Arthi studied him. She had a thin, weathered face and calculating brown eyes. My village is down there, she pointed down the mountain. We need protection. That was Castor. Now, it's you. She pointed to the crates as if she were explaining something to a very simple child. This is our payment. Felwinter looked at her, then at the crates, then said again slowly, I'm no warlord, and I don't need your food. Arthi's expression was as blank and unreadable as his own. I'll be back next month. I like Arthi. She is sassy. Arthi. Arthi's also um, really important, actually, in Felwinter's story. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll t- I'll talk about her a little bit more with the next entry, actually, which is where, <clears throat> which is where her importance really shines. Um, I, I do. I do want to say real quick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I really it. hope that Caster's ghost. <laughs> was named Pollux. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I hadn't thought of that. If that's the case, Felwinter killed him in the right order. You kill Pollux first, and then you kill Castor. Because if you kill Castor first, Pollux will save him. Yay, I mythology. Kind of, I kind of almost imagine, I kind of almost imagine at this point that he's he's, 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 he's killed his ghost, and Castor's just like right there, and he just goes, this is my pick, and then just Sparta kicks him off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how far he'd fly. Um. <laughs> oh, now I'm just thinking of him just floating through the air like that means mm-hmm. that well, just Cass floating off into infinity. How many? How far can you fly? How many flaps does a ghost, a dead ghost? Oh continue? no! <laughs> I was just thinking, how did Arthi know that Castor was gone? They he landed in their village, probably. Just. Kaplunk. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. it's just like the what was it? I think it was like a while back we were talking about you know where do all the guardians that jump off the tower go? Like there's like a, a support group for the, c- the civilians that live against oh, the wall. God, oh, it's like oh oh no oh 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 it's just another guardian. Okay, never mind. Back to normal. Just to keep going. Like all the all the all the houses near the tower just like reinforced metal bloody roofs for all their house just just to make sure. Oh, I can't. No, this is fast. That hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Ave- he lands in the village Avengers Endgame style with the Hulk. He just so so begins the the um the tradition of Guardians throwing themselves off high peaks. Yes, because it is always a dream of a Guardians to fly because they're super ran out. <laughs> Warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> Blue, do you want to close out the intro session with Warlord? Yes, actually. <clears throat> so, Warlord. True to her promise, Arthi came back the next month with two more crates. This time, both were ammunition. She sat next to them, hugging her knees for warmth and looking out at the valley below, until Fellwinter came by to retrieve it. I thought this might be more useful to you, she said, since you don't want food. Fellwinter looked at her, took the crates, and then went back up the mountain. The month after that, she brought salvaged weapon parts. When Fellwinter came to retrieve them, she watched him until he turned to go and then said, I know about you, you know. When he turned around to look at her, she lifted her chin. They call you Lord Fellwinter. I hear you've killed more warlords than Castor, over old technology, from the time before the collapse. Not a warlord, Fellwinter murmured, hiking onward. Arthi watched him and then called to his back, Just because you say that doesn't make it true. (laughs) She came back the next month, and the next month, and the next. They spoke a little more every time, about life in the village, about what they imagined the time before the collapse was like, about the future. The seventh time he saw her, he lingered a little while. Together they looked out over the valley beyond the mountain. You could really help us, Arthi said softly. All of those golden age technologies you know so much about, we could live a totally different life. Phil Winter stood completely still, looking over the horizon. I can't, he said. She looked at him, trying to read his expression, and then looked sharply away. They stood in silence for a while. You know, she said, pointing down the mountain, warlords have been crashing through our village for ages, stepping on us, tearing up everything we plant, tearing down everything we build. I'm not a warlord, Fellwinter said quietly. Sure, she said, but you're like them. You get a thousand second chances. You get to live in a big fortress on top of a mountain. What do you think it's like for us? What do you think it's like to have the sky constantly falling down on you? Fellwinter stared at her. Arthi crossed her arms. It must be nice, she said. Her expression softened, not for him, but for herself, for her people. To not have to worry. The next month, Arthi didn't come to meet him, nor the month after that. So, a couple of things real quick. I have, I actually have some notes on this one. So, Arthi is actually a, um, a Hindu, I think it's a Hindu name. I know it's actually also a Hindu term, um... But it's a name that refers to the Hindu religious ritual of worship, uh, which is a part of a puja, which uh, we talked about back with Pajari. But so an arthi is a process or a ritual in which light, which is usually from a flame, is offered to one or more deities. So her name is literally a callback to a ritual in which you offer light to a deity or deities, which I I found that really interesting because her character here is showing fellwinter the beauty of humanity um i also find it very interesting that as as with a lot of things with bungie it's the seventh visit um which is also her last visit uh she makes the comment what do you think it's like to have the sky constantly falling down on you um now it's clear here that she also doesn't she doesn't understand what she just said to him but Fellwinter, what happens with Fellwinter here is a transform- transformative moment. Because what just happened there is Fellwinter just connected with humanity. 
all of humanity is constantly having the fall sky, this the uh, the sky falling down on top of them. They're constantly being attacked, chased. They're they live in constant fear, which is exactly what he's doing. He is he is now able to empathize with someone before, you know, the only guardians in Risen that we had seen was was Griffin. Griffin is, you know, we and and he doesn't he doesn't connect with Griffin at all. He doesn't understand Griffin's paradigms or anything that he wants to do. But Arthi, a human, a, an old human woman is seeing the world through the eyes just like he is. And I think that's a really big deal for Felwinter. I think that's why in and we'll talk about this in the next uh session, but that's why the very very next thing is him a abandoning his security and actually going out and looking for not not weapons but a very specific something um to help humanity he's not he's not looking at it to help the iron he doesn't even know the iron lords at that time but he's not helping other warlords he's actually doing this um to help humanity which kind of ties into i believe green you had talked about the story of siddhartha uh siddhartha buddha um (laughs) And how like he he took on the like he he experienced the the travesty of the the death in the village and then he was like wait hang on this 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 is life like the, what I have been living is not reality it's it's something else that's kind of what Felwinter is going through right now is that that kind of transformation in his brain of like this this understanding of like you know and and Arthi I, I love the the two sides of this conversation that you get to see in this card because Arthi doesn't know this Arthi, and you can tell with her conclusion here it's like she tells him it must be nice to not have to worry and Felwinter's sitting there going are you are you insane like I'm having to worry I'm paranoid because of this stuff um now it also I, I don't we don't have confirmation that Arthi dies but we do know that this is the last time that Arthi is seen by her um but i think the the lesson here and this is similar to i made a comment when we were talking with uh the group about the shacks and him or shacks and fellwinter fight you know arthi taught fellwinter this connection to humanity and fellwinter in a way actually kind of passes this on to shacks as well and it's this idea that like you know again going back to that that ghost fragment xo3 the the, the idea of exos being cursed um it's here that Felwinter kind of starts seeing that he's not alone in that curse. He's not alone in his his fear, but he is capable of actually protecting the other people who are with him in that. It's not everyone is is there on the same level. He's actually strong enough to carry and to shield those people below him, which is interesting given the parallel between him and Rasputin that we're going to see because Felwinter chooses a drastically different path than Rasputin does when they're presented with very similar situations on different scales, of course, but but the situation arbitrarily is very, very similar. And the different choices that the two make are, to me, very interesting. Uh, yes, and Dancing Viru is also giving me uh, the Sanskrit meaning of Arthi uh, is something that removes darkness. So again, something else that's very significant within Destiny. Arthi. Um, in the in these moments, and it's and it's something you've definitely um you've talked about there, Arthi, Arthi really is the catalyst for change there for Felwinter. Had Arthi not uttered that last line of the sky falling down and not having to worry, I don't think 
I don't think he would have made as much or if any kind of connection that he did at that point. Um, that it was such it was such a pivotal um, moment, a pivotal couple of lines for him. As, in regards to Arthur's fate, I think personally, I think she might have actually passed or at right. least yeah. had moved on from where she was because it, she, it's, it says that it's seven times and on the seventh visit, she left. And it kind of ties into that whole biblical and, you know, on the seventh day, um, you know, God okay. rested yeah. when he created the world. But it was also how many times did Felwin to die at the beginning? He died seven times. And it specified seven deaths. And we see this seven come up again when he's speaking to Arthur. So it's it's very possible at that point that Arthur it could, it could just be fed up with him and just doesn't want to talk to him anymore. Or... It could be that she in some way passes, which would lend even more emotional weight to the connection that he has and his drive to try and do something to help humanity at this point. I like it. And real cool. quick, dancing, dancing has a point. Well, actually, I want to call two things out. Uh, Black Flag with an FDR quote, which is an amazing quote. Uh, it's courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Uh, which is a great quote. And then also dancing is making the point that, you know, he's, he's thinking that sky falling down might generally be a trigger for exos um, with some of the other contextless uh, lore tidbits that we have, uh, like the, a couple of the ghost fragments. He, there is a con like there's constantly with when, when we know that an exo is speaking and the mention of sky falling down, there does seem to be kind of a very heavy emotional response to it. Um, and then, yeah, and then Black Flag's talking about, yeah. And with Felwinter, the sky is literally falling down every time he steps out in the open because of the war sets. So, sorry. Rasputin doesn't have very good aim then. Well, you know, Wei Ning would disagree with you, but. Uh, how is it that Rasputin misses Felwinter over and over, but totally nails Wei Ning? I have a theory on that, too. Um, Does it have yeah. to do with the fact she's a titan? No, it it give it. It's basically. I don't think he's actually trying to hit him. Like, like suit. Like, I don't know. I go back and forth on whether or not he's actually trying to hit him. Like, well, he does. He does get him. He does. He does. He does, him a, he does nick him a time. couple times. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, like black. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that one. Maybe he. Maybe he just can't be that. All that accurate. He can get. Maybe he has just a range in which he can hit maybe, a subject in, but. Yeah, maybe yeah. Felwinter is know. the one that he used as practice because Wayneen came afterwards. Or he needs an hour and a half to actually take aim at something. <laughs> Just saying. Oh. <laughs> Aiming a war sad is not something that takes three seconds. It takes 90 minutes to get everything properly aligned. And uh. <laughs> you, think, you think it was bad for you guys. You think it was bad for you guys. I was up at two, two three o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. I was I had work the next day. Like this was not fun for me. Literally, literally fired. I want to go to sleep. I want to go to sleep. Everyone of everyone on the like Australian like Destiny side of things was like, just let us go to sleep, please. Uh, I know that Log was like having a drinking party, essentially waiting for this thing to happen. Whenever yeah. he was streaming it, it's just oh my goodness, yeah. But interestingly enough, I reckon um, Rasputin, if he was garden, would be a hunter mate. Because if you think about it, he destroys the hell out of Felwinter, a warlock. He destroys the hell out of Wayne, a titan. <laughs> but his best mate 
with Anna Bray, who's a hunter. <laughs> so, Rasputin, Rasputin likes his hunters, that's all I'm saying. Biased. Yeah. He's classist, it's fine. Yeah, he was made by hunters, but that's okay. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, you guys want to do uh, the shout-outs for the intro session real quick? Quick wrap-up? Yeah. So... Ice, could you give us another rundown of places where our guests could find you to follow you and keep up with all the content that you've got you're going that you've got putting out? Good lord, words. Words, things, moments. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, follow me on Twitter at the Ice Warrior One. I wish I could change that, but yeah. Um, the um, Ice Warrior Two Hundred Nine on Facebook, uh, Twitch, and YouTube. I actually just put up a. Uh, put up a video of um, the Felwinters Wide story, and I've actually nice. um, just recently put up a video of the um, recap of the last um, three seasons of Law going into season of Arrival. So go check it out. Very nice, and we will get those for the show notes absolutely for you. All right, so next week, as far as my shout-outs going on, it is we're going to do our initial thoughts on Season 11, though if I had it my way, I might convince Blue to reschedule that, so the initial thoughts are actually closer to the beginning of the season when we release the episode. So you might be hearing this, and it might be a moot point later on. Nah. (laughs) Nah. What's with your logic? Scheduling logic. Scheduling logic, but as, yeah. As, uh, as, as we in Australia would say, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, you know for sure. All right. Uh, blue shots for you. I uh, just wanted to say a big thanks to both ARF and Worthy D uh, for the amazing feedback that we got from you guys. Uh, we really appreciate the words, and I promise Green will answer ARF's question. What if the white worm familiar is related to the Alhamkara? <laughs> There's like six all I know, in here. All I know, all I know is that it started off with Green made me do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, well. Like I'm like, what I read was not my fault. <laughs> just oh, just gotta man. shift that blame just as you said. Yeah, just whoop. But uh yeah, no, it, big big thanks for the feedback. We always love hearing hearing thoughts and you know, questions and whatnot. Uh but As always, thank you for your time, and until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.